this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Ariel's podcast. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for being with me. Before we get started, lots of stuff going on at Wrap Your Head Around Silks. Number one, roll it out. It is our Zoom body rolling classes, foam rollers, balls, peanuts, all the things. We do it together. We breathe and cry together. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday nights and Tuesday nights. um, And there's also student portal in case you can't do the live. Always a new video for you every week. It is an amazing way to stay accountable to your body maintenance. All right, my friends. Uh, And more stuff coming. You can check out the show notes. I've got a bunch of free stuff. Like I just redid the website. So many free resources. um, Straddling up in three ways. Um, You know, how to to teach without pressure, etc. It's all there for you. All right, today we have Pamela McDonald. This interview just makes me smile so much. We talk about her and her career. She started Ariel at the age of 30. She has three kids, including one small infant, and she is working professionally, newly professionally, um, juggling three children plus a husband and um, teaching as well, killing it. We talk about how the industry, we would love it to support families better. We would love everyone to support families better. Let's just, let's just put it right there. We'll just leave it right there. So, uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. Let's get started. This is Pamela K. McDonald, and uh, we've been trying to schedule this for a while because she's in the thick of it. She's in, uh, you're only (laughs) about, wait, how many months or weeks? Wait. Seven months. So I'm past the seven Seven months. months. Okay. So past. I was like, no, that's, that squish is bigger than seven weeks. Um, oh my goodness. And this is your third or number three, number three out of your body. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And I remind them all the time. (laughs) Uh, and Pamela, you can't see her, but she's on, she's on zoom, but Pamela is this very like petite. Are you Filipina? I am yeah. Filipina. Very, very yes. petite Filipina woman. And um, okay, we're going to go back and talk about this. But wait, I just got to know. You just had three kids. What is your body? Like, what does your pelvis feel like? What, like, what has changed? You know, I, <laughs> what has changed? Uh, many things. I, I felt like there's a lot of shifting for sure. Um, but, you know, I have my three kids. So my, I have an 11 year old, I have my nine year old, and then, this little one. So, oh, so there's like nine years in between. Yes. Yeah. There's nine years in- on purpose. Uh, it was on purpose. Uh, you know, and then when we started trying, when we were ready for the third, third one, it actually took a, a little bit longer than the first two. The first two is really quick. The third one. I, okay. It, it took a while. So, and I actually wasn't doing Ariel with the first two kids. I, I found Ariel after them. And, yes. Um, yes. So this is the first time that I've had been doing Ariel with through pregnancy and the postpartum experience. So I can say like with what's changed, I, I feel like Ariel has helped actually <laughs> a lot in mm. that my body feels. So, um, but yeah, definitely some other shifting going around and, and obviously coming back to like performing and training has been uh, a journey this year, but it's, it's, I don't really have anything to compare it to with the other two kids because I wasn't doing Ariel at that time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you how old you are now? 
I am 30, 36, 36. I'll be 37 in September. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and when did you find Ariel? What, what year was that? Do you remember? I found it. It is a little over six. I was, I was 30 at the time. So it's been a little over six years that I've been doing it. And I found it when my kids were whatever age they were now, <laughs> back then, you know, they were two little ones. So yeah. And that's a whole story. <laughs> Yeah, I found Ariel at 30 as well. And you did you find it at Upline Yoga? Was that the first place you went to? I did, yeah. So I had gone with my um, with my two kids and my husband. We went to Circus Vargas, which is like a traveling circus. And we just took them for a show. And I remember like feeling really inspired to, you know, I watched the aerialists and I watched the acrobats. And like, at that time, I was a stay-at-home mom um previous to that I was a registered nurse or I am a registered nurse and like but as we were watching the circus I felt this like great pull in my heart and I tell the story all the time but I just it means a lot to me you know I felt this great pull in my heart like oh you have to try that <laughs> and I'm like watching these acrobats no experience in circus no like was I afraid of heights probably I don't even remember but like I I just felt like this 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 feeling like I should try it and um so I went home that day and I like, I Googled um, aerial classes and I found Upline Yoga with Kim, who's been a guest on your podcast. Yeah. A couple of times. Yes. 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 And so I started there. That's where I started. And I just remember just feeling like I, at that time I had been, I felt like I'd been searching a lot for, for things in my life and searching for something that I felt like was totally me, you know, especially after having my kids um deciding to stay at home and and all that I you know it had been a couple of years of me searching for for something that I felt like was for me and I, and when I went to take my first class I was like oh you know this is it you know I felt like ah. this great feeling so I just threw myself into that and um I started with like a yeah uh, with uh aerial yoga because that's what was the requirement at that time to start and then to get acclimated to like the hammock. And then, um, then I took aerial dance. And after the aerial dance class, I was just like, so into it and started training and I wanted to do that forever. And so I ended up like leaving my job as a, as a nurse and moving on to this. <laughs> so. And now you, do you still teach it upline? No. So I, I actually, that's where I started. So when I, after I, you know, decided like, this is what I wanted to do with my career. I decided to take the aerial instructor uh, training program that was at UP. So I did that with Kim and, and um, I started teaching there at that studio for a while, which was really cool because that's where I started. And then I started teaching. I'm no longer teaching there, but I do take like private clients right now and I'm teaching, you know, different classes and stuff like that. And I have some some things coming up, like a, a workshop in uh, a little retreat that I've been invited to in Thailand. So I'll be teaching there. Oh, my goodness. And I've kind of been able to watch from afar, Pamela's. Um, you kind of remind me of, well, myself and also Lena, Lena Fumi. Yes, she's wonderful. Who is at The Loft because um, she had – well, yours isn't really a corporate job, being a nurse, but she had a corporate job. She completely 180'd it and quit the job and started training and, you know, became a professional, yeah. you know, after the age of 30. Yeah. 
yes. into 40s and is just thriving in it. Yes. And I know we live in LA. I think it's, it might be slightly easier to do something like that in Los Angeles or maybe Vegas than other places in America sure. or even other places in the world. But because we have so many, you know, we have a thriving community. We have a little bit more work, although performing work, we don't have tons right now. I have to say right. LA is not the best for that. Like Vegas is definitely the spot, but, um, so you guys became pregnant on this third try and, uh, yeah, let's talk about your prenatal. So yeah. did you, you suffer from, um, morning sickness at all? I did with this, with this baby, especially the third one, I felt like, I felt like my two girls were, was, is when I felt the most sick. And then my boy in the middle, it was okay. But yes, okay. the third one was the worst of all. I think I was just out for the first 12 weeks. <laughs> were you actually throwing up or was it just like the feeling of nausea? It was the feeling of nausea. And I think I threw up like two or three times, but I, I feel like I would have rather just thrown up than <laughs> thrown up. <laughs> right. Let's get to the point. Right. Like this whole, like, I'm yeah, just nauseous all day. Yeah. So were you, did you, did you kind of put training to the side for those 12 weeks? I did put training to the side. I had to, cause I just could not even, I would just lie on the couch um, and much to my frustration, but I just had to just lie there. Um, but then after 12 weeks, it was like, there was a switch and I was able to get back to doing a little bit of training. I took it pretty easy, but I was able to train a little um, aerial, like up until about eight months. Um, so that was nice. But oh, great. I, I literally did the same like type of training routine. I put like two double hammocks together and just kind of yeah. <laughs> did the same thing every time I went up. <laughs> oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I, I love the, um, like a yoga approach, like a yoga practice approach to Ariel yes. where like I am doing, you know, Sunday 10 times, you know, because okay that's how you, that's how you find the nuance in it. So I appreciate that type of practice. Um, and then did you have regular, like you didn't have to get a C-section or anything for your first two? Oh no. Yeah. I just vaginal deliveries for all three. So, ah, it was, it was fun. You have, you have what, uh, Dr. Janae calls a proven pelvis. It's pretty true. It's tried and like she knows the baby will come out. Tried and tested, yes. <laughs> tried and tested. Uh, <laughs> you haven't listened to Dr. Janae's stuff, listeners. Go and listen because she's hilarious. My boy was probably the hardest pushing just because he was um, sunny side up. So that means he's he's head first, but he's looking upward when he comes out, and so that actually makes his head the the head of the baby like the widest it could be. So it has to like get over that pelvic bone and so pushing him out was the hardest out of all so my two girls gave me the nausea but he would he gave me the hardest uh pushing if that makes sense <laughs> and with all of them did you do you do epidurals yes oh yes I props to anybody who does it <laughs> without the epidural so you're you're not that chick who's like I want to feel it all oh, no, in a no. pool of water. No, no. Uh, okay. Especially like working as a nurse before I worked in labor and delivery and postpartum when when I was working as a nurse. And so, uh, you know, I was able to see how that experience was with uh, the other moms. And I was like, yep, I'm getting an epidural for sure because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So. <laughs> no, 
No. Okay, cool. And then how long this last one did it take to uh, push a little baby out? She was, she was the easiest one. It was wonderful. My water broke in the middle of the night. There was no traffic. We went down. I labored for, I don't even remember how long, but nothing, not too long and got her out in about 30 minutes, which still seems like a long time, 20, 30 minutes, but quicker than the other pushing. Two. Yeah. Quicker than the other two. <laughs> She calls it a PP, a proven pelvis. I don't have one of those. Mine came out of a slit in the front. We just made a back door, you know? Get out the back door. We don't, we, we can leave the front door completely unaccosted because I'm not having another one. We'll just leave it. It's great. Um, okay, so what is your process? What's been your process back? So you had the baby. Um, did you have any diastasis recti? Well, we all do, but like, did you, did it, was it problematic? It, it, it wasn't problematic. I think, um, no, not so much with any of them. It, it, it seems like there's only like one, the one finger width. No, I didn't, I didn't, um, my process back. <laughs> I was very excited to get back into aerial after, after this one. So once I was approved, I was fortunate to be able to, to just start again. Um, and honestly this year, um, it, it's actually been quite a while getting back to to performing performance level that's what i wanted to do is to to build back um but uh we had like the pandemic we had um a year of my husband and i trying so i was try kind of like not really performing at that time um and then after that i was pregnant and then i just got back to um to performing just a little bit i actually could just came back from being out of town i was in arizona with Splash Circus, which is a traveling circus. So that was a wonderful experience. Um, but honestly, at the beginning of this year, I was just getting back into, into it. I was, my word of the year was build. Like, so I didn't really have any expectations of like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do this. I feel like we should, you know, as mothers, especially postpartum, you just kind of listen to your body, see what's happening. And um, I didn't have really these big expectations for myself. I just wanted to build back and, see where that took me and um yeah so I was just training and and then these opportunities came up and that was very nice so I, I just got back to performing just a little bit ago at seven months <laughs> so which was nice to to have that experience and you just came back from it that contract what was it was it just like a couple weeks so it was I I only I went for a week in Arizona um and then it's nice because it's a wonderful um, family behind that circus and they want me back, which is great. So I'm going to be able to go back to different cities and different, um, they're, tra they're a traveling circus. So they're going through Arizona right now. And so they, they asked if I can, you know, whatever dates and cities I can make, especially with my children, um, to come back. And so that's been really nice that I can have that opportunity. <laughs> it was really cool to, to get back. And it's kind of a full circle moment just because that first, even though I've had gigs and performances in different at you know venues, um, like the very first time I got into aerial was when I went to that traveling circus, right? Uh, at Circus Target, and so it was totally full circle this year coming back after this my third and last baby here, <laughs> just coming back to to that and being able to actually be in in a traveling circus that was it was really special, like a special moment for me. Yeah, it's kind of an example of like uh, you can have it all, but if you have it all at the same time, it gets a little bit uh, a little a little bit a lot to a lot to manage, right? A lot of juggling. 
a lot of juggling. Um, I found between the three kids, you know, jump the jump from two to three is very interesting because I have kids in all stages of childhood. Oh yeah. Ugh. So I have oh, like oh. 11. It's exciting. And then also, ooh. right. My 11 year old is hitting tween territory and that's fun. <laughs> She's wonderful, but it's like, you know, we're, I've never dealt with a teenager. So we're, we're heading into that area. And then there's my boy. He's just, a, he's nine. So he's in his, you know, he's in the child, middle childhood. And then I have my little baby. So I've found juggling and dealing with the activities for each of the children and just making sure, you know, that, that, that's been the most challenging part of having this, the three kids is um, all the activities and scheduling, lots of scheduling. <laughs> Lots of scheduling. So like, what's the nuts and bolts of that? I think that's really important. So um, let's just say, you know, you're flying out or if you're driving out, whatever, to your gig and you know you're going to be gone for a week. Are you breastfeeding? I am breastfeeding and then just recently started uh, putting her on formula. So that was giving her bottles and things as well. Um, so I'm no longer pumping, <laughs> which is... So what was that, uh, j just for the baby, what was the process of getting ready to be away for a week? Um, so actually my family was able to come with me for, for this for this run, which was- Oh, amazing, okay. Yeah. Yes, and that was, that, that's the goal is if, if they can come with me, like if I'm gonna fly out for a weekend that they, they would come with me. Um, it, and your, your husband as well? My husband was able to come this time. He, he might not be able to in the future, but th this time he was able to. And so that was a huge help for, for this, opportunity um and then my daughter you know she's because she's hitting that older age she's they've been a big help my older two kids so that's been really nice as far as scheduling it's just it I've learned to prioritize I've learned to say no to different opportunities and um I really try to look at it and see what's best for my my family my my children um you know if there's they have things coming up then I might set aside my opportunities if I don't feel like it's it's uh gonna benefit our family and in, in the way that where we can feel balanced and where we can feel like um everybody's being supported that makes sense so it's I've learned to say no <laughs> I've learned to say no to things I, I really prioritize you know what I think is just so like from my perspective hard about that besides the actual nuts and bolts so when my performance career started, which was when I was in my, my professional career, 20s, yeah. like there was nothing in the way of taking a gig. Like that was the first priority because I didn't have any other of the stuff in my life. That's where in my life it landed. Kind of in the, you know, best, best time where you're like, okay, I don't have any other responsibilities. I remember... Um, some of my friends were in, in like serious relationships and one in particular is coming to mind. She turned down a Christina Aguilera gig mm -hmm. in the early 20, in, in her, in, in the early two thousands when Christina Aguilera was first like rising mm -hmm. and she turned it down because the man she was with at the time, who is now her husband, uh, you know, their relationship came first. They had something planned. She turned it down. Yeah. Christina Aguilera passed on her obviously. And then the dancers that stayed with her for that whole time are still, you know, we're with her for 20 years. Yeah. Wow. She basically 
missed out on potentially being on tour for many, many years because a lot of times they pick people and then they just hold on to them. Right. And I remember that ended up feeling devastating for her. And, you know, it's different because back then we had like one dream, right? You have one priority. Whereas when you have kids, you have many dreams, you have many priorities. And, um, you sound really balanced in it, but I think that that would be really difficult from an outsider's perspective because you are not on the bottom, you're not on the end arc of your career. Like I am like my performance career it could kind of like take it or leave it now. I've already done it for 20 years. Right. Whereas you, you know, the, the arc of your career is different and it's coming at a time where there's a lot of different things that you need to take into account. Whereas I did not, I, I, I dissed my family many times. Like (laughs) my parents had like, um, family vacations planned. Um, I didn't come home for Christmas many years because I took contracts and like my whole family would be at home and I would be like, crying alone (laughs) in a hotel room on Christmas Eve because I decided to take a gig. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, actually, you're mentioning this because um, while I was trying to get pregnant with our third one here, I was offered another traveling circus contract um, during that time. So this was about two years ago because we had, I told you it took a little bit longer for us to have this baby. And I remember getting the contract and, and just agonizing over it because, you know, it was my dream to do that. Like I started with, you know, started with that. And, and even though I had performed in other things like that, I felt like that's what I wanted to do was to, to join a circus, just to be able to, to have that experience. Right. And so I remember we were agonizing over it because it just seemed like it wasn't the right time. And they had offered it to me and I was ready to go. Like we were going to put, we were, we were, I was getting ready to leave. We were like, okay, this is what we can do with the kids. It was during the summer. They could come with me. And I didn't have the baby at that time yet, but there was this, we were trying and I was kind of in this ups and downs of, of frustration that it was taking longer um, to have the baby, you know, to, to, to conceive. We were trying. Right. And, um, I just, there's a lot of things going on at that time. And I remember just feeling so upset that I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work out. And I had to decline it. And um, I remember now looking back, I can see, obviously, you know, hindsight is hindsight is 2020. There you go. But like, um, it ended up working out in that. But at that time, it was very difficult. Like I was like, this is my my chance, you know, it would be a really a big step yeah. in my career. And I just felt like I was letting it go. So yeah, I did. It, it, I, even as a mom, I still feel that um, even as I'm trying to prioritize and balance everybody, I, I did feel like, oh, I'm, I'm declining this, right? But it worked out. And looking back, I can see, uh, you know, I ended up having this baby, which is such a blessing. Like I'm going to cry thinking about it. You know, it's it, it, the timing. I had to trust timing some, for a lot of, a lot of these things in my life. Um, and learned a lot of lessons through that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And trust that it would come back to you if it was meant for you. It I mean, that's meant. really hard as a performer because as we all know very well, performers are not 
like we don't have a lot of leverage in these situations. Right. You know, like when casting, when they've decided to cast, to be honest, like a, a person of color and a woman into a, into a cast. Yeah. I've always felt like, um, before now, before this time mm-hmm. that like, shit, if I don't, if I don't take advantage of it, they're just going to pass me by. This is never going to come back to me. And I, I struggle with anxiety so that even like, you know, uh, ratchets it up the amount of like, yes, angst. Exactly. Right. That can be experienced. And, um, me and my girlfriends just had this conversation because we're all aerialists and it just sucks because, because jobs always are going to tend towards the, the easiest way of doing things. So they're not going to make lots of concessions for us to get nannies and make requests because we have to deal with childcare. Right. Even the scheduling, like let's just say you book a gig and they're used to scheduling things on the fly, like putting you on a plane the next day. Mm-hmm. When you're a mom, you can't do that. Nope. Exactly. And, and the industry is not in the – I mean, I guess it used to be. Like I talked to Carmen Curtis who um, is, is kind of not that much older than me, but she started a whole generation before me. Mm-hmm. And when she was on – tour with uh oh god I can't think of the show right now um they like paid for a nanny to be on tour with her and her husband because there were so few people with her skill set at the time right so they made all the concessions now it's like I'm I'm sorry I'm all over the place but I have another student who is um, on and off on tour with a really big artist and they asked her for their next leg. I think it's the European leg. And there's only three months of work. Mm-hmm. She has her sister's wedding right in the middle. And it's right on top. Not, it's not in the middle. It's towards the end. Mm-hmm. But it's right on top of a show date. So they would have to switch things around to give her that one day off so she could fly home and then fly back. She thinks they're going to pass on her. Mm-hmm. Three months of work. Three months of stadium arena shows. Because she can't make one day. And that's also the same for the crew. They'll do the same same thing for the crew. If you are a if you, if you're a sound guy and you have your brother's wedding, you will lose your entire three months of a contract because they will not make an exception. Yeah. So it's not just for moms. Exactly. It's for family. It's for life. Family, right? It's the yeah, I feel like and I feel like yeah. if you find something like this where they are able to think of support you as your as understanding that you are a mom or you have your family and and, you know I do I do feel like that's something that we should probably try to address in the industry supporting the family more and um yeah supporting the family more yeah because we can do the work and we're there we could be there but you know um as I said with prioritizing if I, I have to look at it and kind of and look at every opportunity that comes and I, I, I try to do things, um, where I feel like I'm, I have to think about it. Like, does this align with the goals that I have? Does this align with, you know, a a big motivating factor for me is like, can I be an example to my children in this way? Or is this more like, I'm just going to do it just, 
you know, like I, I've had to balance, look at, look at each opportunity and be like, what, what am I, what is going to be, what are you going to get out of this <laughs> more than just right. the money or whatever it is I, I, I've had to prioritize. And that's hard. That's difficult because, you know, when you're trying to make it, you know, it's your living. So I yeah. do feel like, um, yeah, just, just the support for families, support for moms. That's, a, that's a big thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's huge. I, I, I personally, I, I recognize on the surface, it might seem like, um, that scenario has it all. I, I think that's really hard personally. <laughs> like I'm really grateful that the two biggest dreams of my life came at different times. Honestly, like I think it's extraordinarily hard and that's how I relate to your situation. But at the same time, if that's not how it rolls, if that's not how it comes downstream, you just have to, you just have to go with it. Right. And it seems like you've got, you're doing, you're doing it um, because there is obviously a, a time limit on how long you can have kids. Right. Ish. And Ariel came into your life when you were 30 mm-hmm. and you want to do it. And you also have to have kids at the same time. We can't wait to have kids to are 55. Exactly. Yep. Um, but I, I think I, I mean, <laughs> so many times in this podcast, I'm just like, it's become more of a conversation than like an interview because I have so many things to say it. about things. I but love I, it. <laughs> no, I, I think interviews, it should be a conversation because really this podcast is, is not just about, you know, how we're dealing with pregnancy and having a kid, but like the whole lifestyle around it and, and the ups and downs and how you do that. Like there's moms across the world who are trying to figure out how other moms do it so they could borrow from your playbook. I, and I, I wanted to share, you know, something that I've learned from at least many my experience that, um, for anybody who's discouraged or like, how do I do that? Or what, you know, like it's, if you're going to decline something, if you're going to, you know, as you're agonizing over these ups and downs that we've been talking about, it's for me, it's funny looking back at everything, everything that you have gone through in your life, anything you've tried, all your skills, you know, the people you've met, all these things, they all, somehow help you to be the or help have helped me at least to be the the mother and the aerialist that I am today and um I have to remember that when I'm feeling discouraged or if I'm agonizing over something or if I'm letting an opportunity if I'm going to decline an opportunity whatever I I think about that like I think about that before all this I was a nurse, right? I was a nurse before I had my my kids. And then I became a stay-at-home mom after I had my first baby. And then um, I remember, like, I was searching, right? I was searching for something, as I said earlier. And I got into, like, these really creative spells after I had my, my babies. So after I had my first one, I like decided to start an Etsy shop. I was crocheting uh, like little headpieces for her and things. I, I taught myself how to crochet and I made this Etsy shop. And because people were like asking about the, the hats and I, I was like, I might as well sell this. 
So I, so I did, and that was really fun, but then I didn't want to do it anymore because it got too busy. <laughs> and then I, after my son, I remember I got really into fitness and I was, uh, I've always been pretty active, but I was really into fitness. So I decided to go and pursue personal training and I ended up getting certified as a personal trainer <laughs> through the American Council on Exercise, right? I'm, I'm getting somewhere with all this. And no, I love yeah, it. And then like, and I remember prior, like as I was being a nurse and this was before kids, I was really into photography. I, I wanted to learn about photography. And so I, I started a little photography business and I did that for like only a few months. And then I was like, no, I don't like doing this. So, you know, there's all these things that, oh, and then after my son was um, born, my husband and I decided to start a nonprofit. <laughs> like my husband is an attorney and he he and we were like we looked up all the red tape the re we researched how to do that and we ended up starting this little nonprofit where i was trying to help like women and children in need like we would connect with different shelters and different um girls um shelters like that house youth troubled youth and things like that and we would go and and just do donation drives or service for them and then i would do um these workshops for these girls and kind of just reminding them of their worth, reminding them that of their potential. And I'll try not to cry as I talk about all this, but anyway, going through all this, then eventually I found Ariel. But I was always like, why do I feel like I'm searching and I'm doing these things, which are all wonderful, like wonderful experiences, but also I always felt like, why can't I stick to something you know, why can't I stick to something? I, I, I just, I, in my prayers, I would be like, can I just find something that I can do some good with, that I can love and something where I can be at home, maybe with, more with my kids. I don't want to be away for 12 hour shifts at night. You know, um, I, I don't want to do that. And so I did all those things and then I found Ariel. And what I'm saying is everything that, you go through in your life, you pick up these skills. And I feel like I have, I've, I still use a lot of the skills I learned through all of those things, you know, in my aerial work today as, as a teacher, as a performer, and as a mother, you know, um, with the, with the fitness, it's like, I, I was able to come into aerial with a little bit of strength, right? I wasn't able to do a pull up and all that stuff yet, but and I was totally awkward in my first dance class, but you know what I mean? Like, I, at least I came in with a little bit of strength. And then um, the creativity part, like the photography and the and the Etsy shop, even like I learned how to kind of manage uh, a business, right? Or to manage myself and kind of market myself, which I think contributes to being an aerialist. With the nonprofit um, and connecting with all those those people and doing those workshops for those youth. One of the things that I really love to do in my aerial work is I created these these special presentations where I go and perform aerial, but I also tie it into like this motivating message. So I speak to the audience. And that was one of the first things I did as a, performing as an aerialist was I went to Utah. I, I went to like a university and I went to these girls camps and these conferences where I spoke to these these women, these young girls, I showed them Ariel, and then I kind of tied in the message because I of uh, 
because I feel like Ariel has, there's so many parallels to life that you can learn, right? With, with Ariel and life. And I would share it with the girls and just remind them that you have the potential to pursue talents, right? Your talents to build skills, kind of share this whole story with them and just kind of to, to motivate them and to help them to know that all those things, you may not know why you, as you're going through those, your, the ups and downs in your life, when you're feeling lost, when you, you don't know what you're doing as a, as a performer or whatever, it, it all helps you to become the aerialist, the mother, the person that you are today. Things happen for a reason and that those opportunities that are for you will be there for you. And the ones that you have to decline or regretfully or not, that's okay. You are building as a human, you're building as a mother, you're building your children and um, those right things can come for you. I didn't know all the stuff about you because we just know each other in passing and then sometimes to come, you know, come to the studio. Um, this is the reason why I love hosting this podcast because I am just exponentially exploding my aerial community through these conversations because it's, um, it's not just about what we do in the air. It's about, it's about every single facet of it and every single facet of our lives is what contributes to what we look like up there even if you never speak to us you know I try to teach I try to help guide my adult students in finding their own style yeah. and all of the stuff comes together to create that yes right, right. I think so and um, that's why I'm just so grateful that um, aerial versus dance like you just have a little bit more of a lifespan <laughs> because the texture that we can create like all of the nuance that we have the ability to create because we have so much life experience more than uh, a younger youth right. <laughs> yeah right. use it use a that younger youth yeah yeah um, that we have the opportunity to 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 stretch that out and to use that. Um, let me ask you a very nuts and bolts question. Yes. How do you manage to train with a with an infant with and two of the kids? Yeah. Like what like what does that look like in a week? And do you have your own rig? Like how how do you manage to do it? Yeah, so I have my own rig, which is really nice. Um, that's where I teach and I train a lot. And so I'm able to bring the kids with me if 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 you know, um, for my baby, while my older kids are in school, my baby will come with me. I might teach a client in the morning. Um, uh, I'm fortunate enough that my, my parents are, are around and I acknowledge that not everybody has that great privilege, but like, you know, they've been a great help where I can bring the baby to, to them and then I'll teach for an hour. And then after that, I'll train. And then if I'm not able to have anybody to watch her, then she's able to stay with me anyway. And I, we just, you know, I, I do that. And then I pick up the kids from school and come home or uh, sometimes I'll sign up for classes like at the loft. The loft is my main, my base studio right these days. So um, I'll sign up for a class like at night and my husband is done with work at that time so he can watch. 
sometimes I'll, but I do like training in the morning. I'd rather do things in the morning. I'm sure you, <laughs> you agree. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. Oh. I like doing my aerial at night. Really? But oh. honestly, now I just take it whenever I can. And I do, mostly I train with my students because I don't, I don't actually ever go to the studio anymore just by myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which obviously I used to all the time. Sure. But I don't ever oh, do man. that. Thankfully, my silks practice is so deep that I don't necessarily clasp, I don't have to clasp prep on my own body because I've done all the things. Right. So unless I'm introducing something that I've never really taught before, but most of my students, they're not there yet. Like I have years of curriculum to give them. Nice. That's in my head already. And I think that's a big plus because my training time has changed dramatic, sure. dramatically. Yeah, I went to like a night class the other night and I just was like, I, I was asleep in the class. <laughs> just could not cross <laughs> you. Uh, I'd rather do things in the morning, like train in the morning. Like anytime I can do that is, but I get it. Like whenever you can, you can, <laughs> just, we fit it in, right? <laughs> no, I mean, it, you get very efficient. I, re I remember, and you don't have yeah. this experience because it wasn't before you had kids, but Man, I would, you know, I was also never had a real job. So like, you know, between auditions, I would go to the aerial studio, get, you know, sign out some space and, and hours of it, I would just be like stuck in my head and like laying on the floor, staring up at my point. <laughs> like, what am I going to make up? That is so funny. Like, I can't imagine doing that now. Yeah, it's, yep, exactly. I can lie there with the baby on my boob and <laughs> think about life. <laughs> it's just, yes. Well, is your, is your little one crawling or walking yet she's not crawling i mean she's crawling a little bit she like inch crawls and she sits around so that's been nice um but no she's not walking yet so that's it's gonna change things <laughs> yeah so like you do you have like a pack and player or something out there with you outside so my, my usually my parents are inside the house just helping to watch her I have to tell you, I'm so jealous of that. I, I, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so trust me, I know there are ups and downs. Like, I know that, like, like my parents would get on my nerves at some points. But, oh, yeah. but that, but still, like, I, you know, I think that she's spent all of like four weeks with my parents total in, in her three and a half years because they live on the other side of the country, yeah. and. Um, you know, me and Asa are basically, one of us is free when the other one is not. That's how we've had to choreograph our lives. Right. But I remember going to Dangle House, which is my friend uh, Tanya's space, uh, outdoor space during the pandemic. And she was, Bean was, you know, seven, eight, nine months, 11, 12, 13 months, whatever it is. And over time, she was walking, crawling and walking. And I have the pack and play outside with me. And my friends too, but it was pandemic. So we weren't picking it up either each other's kids, etc. Right. Yeah. And she would stand in her pack and play like right off the side of my point, like the mats there and then right on the side. Yes. Screaming yeah. at me to come down. <laughs> like I have videos I love that, and you know, videos of me on the fabric and you can just hear the background is just like blood curdling screams. Yep. <laughs> like after a while, I'm like, I, I, I give up. I, Let's go no, home. I feel you so much. I, when my kids, I, I found Ariel when my son was like, right. I think he was either in preschool or right before, but he wasn't 
in school all the time. So I would just take him and I remember taking him and my daughter, like, especially in the summer months when I didn't have my parents, you know, my dad just recently retired. So let me just put that out there. That That's why he's been able to, to be there to help with this baby. But with the first two, there were a lot of where I would take them to the loft. There's some videos where they're like in the back on the couch, just jumping around <laughs> and, then, and I'm like in the air or I would take them to up and we would do like, they would just be there running around um, while I'm trying to do something. So I, but props to you for, you know, the little, little one screaming, <laughs> I feel you. Well, and, then, and we're not even not past one. that because can you hear what's happening in the background of this video? She's fantastic. She's playing with her little, little toy. That's like a, a piano that you just like step on and it come and it has the little jingles of all the things. Yes. But this is expecting Arielis. I don't even, I'm like, you know what? We all get it. <laughs> Everyone gets it. Yep. We all know that I'm not at some Spotify, you know, soundstage. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not there yet. So it's fine. I, um, fine. It is but totally I do amazing. listen to like what I would consider like professional podcasts and their like sound is so exquisite. I'm like, well, it's okay. <laughs> but it's, it shows, you know, that, that, that that's yeah. a, that you're, paving the way in this the podcast industry here you just <laughs> support of the mothers and support of like the realistic support of families yes. um because at certain points i was like you know your papa's home just go sit with him and it will happen like i don't know five percent of the time but as you may know even when her dad is here oh yeah she wants her mama yes yes <laughs> a lot of the time even after the boob went away closed for business shut down still she wants to be with me yep. a lot even yep. though all day where's papa where's papa papa home and then he comes home and she ignores him right always i'm just like what is that i go to mama because you're, you're you mama. have things to do and you're talking but it's good <laughs> she has to, to be there i i completely feel you but there, you know i even though it is a very like the hardest job I've ever had is being a mother. It's just, it just is. Um, but I, I do see them not as, and I've shared this many times, but like that, I don't feel that they are a limitation, you know, having a family, being a mother. I, I, I do want to, I don't feel they're a limitation. And I feel like they've been my motivation, my inspiration to, to these things. It, it, it is really what keeps me going and trying to balance all this stuff and juggle all these things but it's like really it comes from them they they motivate me they they when I look at their faces and I just see you know when I felt discouraged it they lift me up and I'm just so grateful for that um so I do feel like there is this because it is very hard (laughs) but as far as talking about supporting families like especially in our industry and stuff right that that um you know we can yeah, we can do everything. We can do everything. And then there's an asterisk there. I kind of define it differently. Mm-hmm. I I use the word limiting all the time. Like my dance career was also limiting, even though there wasn't a person involved. It was just me. It limited my ability to, to take vacations, for example. Yeah, like yes. I would always say like the only 
guarantee that I'll book something is that if I book a vacation and then I'll get booked on something and have to cancel the vacation. Yeah. So I felt limited in the way I, I always say that for 20 years I was on call. I very rarely booked out of my agency. Meaning, even if I left LA, if they called me, I would change all my plans and come right back. Like, I was that committed to my dance career when I was in my 20s and 30s. Um, They were, it's like I was a doctor on call. Like, nothing holds me back. I'm gonna like break the speed limit to get back. Wow, yeah. Because my agent is, you know, runs my life. And there was enough work back then as a dancer to do that. Now it's different because everyone has a Starbucks job. Everyone works at a restaurant and they have to work around things. But back then it could be your um, only job and you were just a slave to your agent. And I felt like um, as much as that career was just expansive and I didn't feel any limits when it came to like, oh, I have a baby to worry about or I have a husband to worry about. I worry about other things and other things got limited. And then now I'm limited in a different way. Like I can't just take my fanny pack, which is my purse now. I used to have yes. a purse. Now I have a fanny pack and I just throw it over my shoulder cross, cross strap. Cause who has time for arms and hands? Like I can't just throw my fanny pack and get an Uber and go ahead and have drinks with my, my friends. Like I have to plan it. Exactly. I guess I'll do it. But I have to plan it. Like, if I want to go see a movie by myself, which is very, uh, which I talk about all the time, is my favorite, like, pastime, like, recreational, like, thing to do for two hours. I can't just go. Like, I have to work. I have to, like, plan it out with my dude. And I have to, like, make sure that they're, you know, maybe if they're taking a nap at the same time, it's perfect. Go. Now. Set a timer. You know? Like. (sighs) Do you feel more empowered, though? Empowered? Like, like, empowered is that, like, when we're able to kind of, sift through the chaos of it and 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 we made it happen or even if we don't make it happen but because many times yeah because it kind of feels like winning yeah it feels like, like you're winning. winning like all the time when you, <laughs> you know each day that we're able to to finish and like they're still you know here and alive like <laughs> no when i'm sitting at the theater stuffing popcorn in my face and sipping my diet coke and like super mario brothers are spar- just starting like i feel like i'm winning for exactly. sure 100 percent. i'm like i made this happen i'm winning i did it i know she didn't want to see i wanted to see super mario brothers with her but she didn't like king koopa who was very scary and it looks like a dragon oh. and you didn't want to see it right here you can tell the listeners why you didn't want to see it come here come here you didn't want to see it scared of king koopa it's okay. Mama came back. She she always gets worried that I'm going to go to the movie by myself, but then not buy her the snacks that I would have bought her had she been there. So she, I come back and she's, where's my sweet, where's my Sour Patch? Oh, yeah, you have to bring it home. I bring it home. <laughs> well, what I do is I go to 7-Eleven afterwards and buy it instead because the movie theater is so upcharged. Smart. That's what I do. Smart. <laughs> Always winning. There you go. Always winning. Always winning. But I don't really define it as... Uh, Define like pre child as non limited and then post child as limiting. Like, I do recognize that the way I lived my life beforehand also had its limitations, they were just different. Right. And um, I enjoy not having both of my dreams collide because she's my dream, but she's like my second dream. And um, I always think of my dance career as like this, this like dream that had no bank account because there's nothing left from it. <laughs> like, 
Like you have nothing to show for it except memories <laughs> and photos. That's that's what you take with you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been many, many times post dance career. I'm just like, why did I even do that? <laughs> oh God, it's such a bad financial decision. Uh, I mean, but now you can. I... <laughs> It's all built to this this moment right here. <laughs> you know where I feel like I'm winning, actually? I feel like I'm really winning with the podcast situation because out of everything, when everything's said and done and all the hustling is over, I feel like, not me, but everybody I bring on, okay, come here, would have like touched the world in some way because it's all about sharing our stories and then... Um, it's not like my dance career. It will be here when I'm gone. <laughs> you, I have to tell you, just your podcast. There was one episode. Hold on, hold on. Let let Pamela speak with us on mute, okay? <laughs> there was one episode uh, that you had. You interviewed. Oh, I, I'm failing to remember her name, but it was a wonderful episode. She was she was trying to conceive. And I was in the middle of that as well, just feeling the ups and downs and frustrations. And I think I had just declined that that one traveling circus contract that I was so harping over. But um, and it was just the most uplifting episode when you spoke to her. It it made me cry. It gave me encouragement and hope that we're just doing our best here. And um, you know, as that there's other women around who are going through the same things that I am. And um, so, yes, I, I, you are completely winning with this podcast because I, I you're, you're making a difference. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing, you know, these, all these stories of these, all these amazing women and just what, what we're going through. We, you know, we all have different journeys, different paths, and um, we can learn from each other. And it's just really uplifting. And I'm so grateful. Like, I'm, it's an honor to, to, be on here but also just like I want to tell you like you're you're totally <laughs> doing something amazing because it's oh thank you I mean it does it does it makes me feel like like every time I get discouraged with it or if it gets a little hard to schedule guests you know because I just have to be so ahead of things and be so on top of things with like doesn't that feel like life is like that like like you have to be on top of everything at the same time why why I don't know if Pamela needs to see your undies She's got baby shark on her undies today. Baby FYI. Shark. Is that still huge? I don't even know. <laughs> but it amazing. is. It is because it's on undies. It is. And by the way, a, a really good fun fact about baby shark. Stop. Mom, get me down. All right, slide down. Is that it's 120 beats per minute. And if you have to do CPR on somebody, you can sing baby shark and it's the right <laughs> tempo. Hey, good to know. If I ever go back to nursing, which I will not, I will remember that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, because it's the other song is Staying Alive. But like, I know Baby Shark way better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, and to my listeners out there, I reach out to a lot of you guys, and I hope to find more of you. So please let yourself be known. Email me, please. Carrie at wrapyouraroundsilks.com. Because a lot of women I talk to are like, well, what are we going to talk about? Or do we get to like, what are the questions you're going to ask me? Or I'm a little bit nervous to talk about this. Please don't. Like, please don't have any of those feelings because I don't have a plan, but I know that I'm very good at guiding you to talk to me. Oh, we have um, baby alive here. Uh, Bean, this is a crybaby. Listen, 
I'm almost done. Can you give me two minutes? Put this on. Okay, put her, put her hood on. Okay. Why? It's so easy, guys. And so if that is what is holding you back from being on this podcast, please let that not be the reason because um, it's an easy hour. Yes. It's an easy hour. We just have to go. Scheduling is the hardest part. Yeah, but sharing your story, you don't. You're gonna touch somebody's life somewhere, and somebody's gonna relate. And it's please, please reach out because it's. <laughs> yeah, it's been so yeah. helpful. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's important. Okay, uh, I'm gonna s- stop taking so much of your time. We we did an hour exactly, I think. You did so good, Pamela, <laughs> and I'm I'm so glad to have like gotten deeper into your story because I didn't know all these things. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. You're so much fun. <laughs> we have to reunite at some point in person, but. <laughs> oh my goodness, Pamela! I I have to make time to come over to, to your rig at your house and play with your squish, and uh, and train. We we gotta make we gotta make a play date happen. Um, it's so great to have you on. You know, I am just loving this podcast because it's kind of morphing into like conversations rather than interviews. You know, because it's it's you know interviews they can just be so what's the word square sterile. I don't know, but I'm so happy and excited about you know the direction the podcast is going in. And so thankful for my podcast group slash structure, uh, Digital Podcast. They've grown too. They've picked up a couple more podcasts. So we are we are a great group of health and wellness podcasts. Also have Greener Grass, which we just started the fourth season. I can't believe I'm saying that. We talk about everything. Try to be as diverse as possible with our guests and their stories. We talk about ex- ordinary people living extraordinary lives. All right, my friends, thanks for being here. Please honor me with the five-star rating and a review. I'm a slave to their algorithm. Please, please, please help me out so people can find me organically. All right, guys, over and out. This is Carrie from Rapper Head Around Silks. Please stay your list.